Hello and welcome to a guest in the house podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mickey Hess. I am your other co-host, David Tromdig Shanks. And we have spent one year recording remotely. One due official to year. Yep. One official year. Wow. And I mean, we've touched on it, I think, at the top of the year um, podcast. But um, maybe we'll do a deep dive on, you know, what this year has been to us, for us. Um, I had a, um, and I may have mentioned this before, a my um, favorite cousin who's like my sister had her 50th uh, birthday celebration on wow. February 28th, 2020. Mm-hmm. was for February 29th. That's a leap year, right? So it was the last day in February. And... I hadn't seen my family together since. So <laughs> it marks that kind of all of us were together that um, last day of February. And then the next week, weekend, we were pretty much, yeah, down for the count and have been down ever since. I got a uh, quick peek at some of them over the holidays because um, my um, another one of my cousins just had a baby and they had a christening I, we weren't allowed to go to the christening but a couple of us met at the house and just like had some food and something but family has not been together in basically 365 days i guess 375 days at this point yes it's been even a little longer for me i think i saw family thanksgiving of 2019 mm, right right yeah Right. So it's been a while. Um, probably, actually, I was just talking to my mom on the phone. I think that's the longest we've gone without seeing each other in person. Right. Ever. I think, yeah, I think Rachel's family is the same. We we saw them Thanksgiving of 2019 as a collective. I, um, she's seen her mom just like outside. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe a brother or okay. so, but not not the entire family together in there except for zoom every Sunday night. <laughs> That's pretty cool. We should do something like that. Yeah. Uh, we don't have like a whole family get together even remotely. I've done about two or three with my family and they've been like large, well attended. We're yeah. talking, I know the first one, probably like 50 people. Cool. Yeah. So that was cool. Probably do another one. Um, because you know, I got you know, I have family in England and everything, so yeah, for um, sure. yeah. And some of these folks I hadn't seen in years is an understatement like super duper years. Mm. So, um, you know, it was good. So, yeah. I, I guess that's one of the things that we can start off with in terms of you know what became the new norms and mm-hmm. the good, the bad, and the indifferent about um the world of the last 12 months. And I think yeah. that as annoying as Zoom can be, mm-hmm. I think that the, you know, keeping of connections and even 
rekindling of certain connections has been a great thing. Like I said, for me, um, some of my family across the pond, I hadn't seen their faces in years when, you know, the world was wide open. So, you know, being able to see my like 86 year old aunt and, you know, talk to them and catch up and everybody's, you know, it, it was, it was, that was a blessing. That is cool. Yeah, I've had some good long phone calls with friends kind of scattered around the country. And, you know, some of them called me up for the first time in a couple of years, or I called them up for the first time in a couple of years, at least to have a long one-on-one conversation. Right. And, you know, I don't know if that would have happened without lockdown and quarantine. Right, right, right. At least not in the same way. Right. It's interesting how I know for me, it, you know, in the beginning, it was like a lot of that going on, right? Like a lot of everyone's being like super thoughtful, you know? And then a couple months in, it's like human beings just, you know, our ability to just adapt. So you adapt to like what it is and then you start kind of finding your old routine back in the new stuff. So then it's like, oh yeah, everyone's back to being like super busy and then, you know, self-indulged in their own kind of worlds and it's like what happened to all the like we gotta be mindful because you know (laughs) what this shows us is you know everybody had like their quotes and what this shows us is that we need to be closer together and and then it's like oh i'm busy (laughs) so yeah yeah it's funny it's funny but no i think that uh Definitely, like I said, definitely sitting down for a year. I mean, we talked about it before as well that um, it wasn't a terrible adjustment for me and you because we don't, Mm -hmm. we stay home pretty much (laughs) (laughs) anyway. But I know, you know, for me, having moved to Maryland, you know, the year before and kind of just used to being on the move like i'm i'm kind of like a 95 north and south is kind of my deal like i'm always in new york on my way to jersey on my way back to philly on my way you know and so that being taken away from me and just having to just really sit still like i can't go to new york i can't it was that was definitely tough for me i had I even spent, just back to Philly, right? Yeah, even back to Philly. I haven't been to Philly in in a, in a couple months either. But you know, it was like before that uh, christening I just mentioned. I hadn't mm-hmm. been to New York in like a year, and that's the longest I've ever been away from home. So it was that was weird. Yeah, I haven't been back down to Kentucky, and uh, you know, we'll see when that'll happen. Maybe right. by the end of August. Maybe, maybe this coming Thanksgiving. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully by Thanksgiving, I guess. um, Yeah. All is normal. Well, whatever normal is, that part is normal. I don't think it'll ever be normal. I think normal's over. Whatever was normal (laughs) is over. It's going to be something new now. Yeah, for sure. What was um, the last uh, live music you saw before... That's a good question. Because I had a couple. And uh, Wifey would have to confirm this, but I think it was Big Daddy Kane Mm. and Adina Howard at the Bethesda Jazz Club. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. (laughs) And that was what? what February, March? That had to have been late 
2019, probably like fall 2019. So I saw Earth Gang in Philly. Yes, you did. I remember. February 11th, 2020. And before that, two vastly different shows. Uh, my friend Ricky and I went to see the Beat Nuts at Kung Fu Necktie in Philly nice. on January 31st, 2020. Nice. nice. We only got one Beat Nut. January um, <laughs> January 21st, 2020. 31st. 31st, 2020. That's okay, but well, that, was, that was about two months. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, that, so that wasn't bad. Kung Fu Necktie is a little club in Philly. Yeah. Um, really tiny little club. And yeah, right, on, right under the L. Right into the L, right off of Girard, right? Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be the Beat Nuts. And we got one Beat Nut. Um, we wow. got Psycho Less, but no Juju. No Juju? That's no not, Juju, that's not, right? That's like Beat Nut. <laughs> yeah, but he brought right. Tash from the Alcoholics. Okay, one. cool. Cool. So for me, I mean, I love both those groups. I may even lean a little harder toward Alcoholics. That's, that's interesting because the last time I seen alcoholics tash wasn't with them so maybe he was running around with psycho less yeah there's a they said they listened to it in the car on the way there there's a lick nuts album it's beat nuts and alcoholics all together on an album they put out one single um other than that though he said the album's done they were listening to it in the car i haven't heard anything else about it i did not know that yeah i would be interested in hearing it though yeah I I i like both of them the first I, single was cool. Yeah, it'd be interesting if it ever sees the light of day. And I'd probably lean more towards the licks as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Hmm. The licks had a, uh, well, no, I mean, yeah, listen, I mean, it's pretty close, but yeah, yeah. I probably, I, I can, re- just in my thinking, I've definitely played alcoholics records more than yeah. beat nuts records except for like you know the main beat nut record but album cuts and going all into it i was more of an alcoholics guy for sure yeah same here i mean both groups are great i've seen them both live before and then i got to see like a part of each group on mm-hmm. stage together mm-hmm. psycho less would do a verse from a, a beat nut song and then uh Tash would sometimes fill in on some beat nut stuff, and sometimes he'd do a Tash song. Sometimes cool. he'd do a little piece of an alcoholic song. Great, great groups, though. Great groups. Great groups. Yeah. That would be a cool versus. I guess it's getting too uh, mainstream and corporate for that to happen, but that would be a cool versus. Yeah, I was hoping that they were, um, they would, uh, hey, maybe now that they signed this big deal, because, you know, yeah. they, um, they just uh, they did. Sold, sold it to, to Triller. Triller. Exactly. Uh, maybe they'll get some undercard stuff going on because I, you yeah. know, I miss like that the spirit of like the early ones with the producers. I, mm-hmm. I, I miss that spirit, like the RZA, um, you know, uh, Primo. Definitely. You know what I mean? I was hoping we would get like a Pete Rock one somewhere, maybe Pete Rock Large Professor or something. Like you know what I mean? I I miss that kind of vibe, and then you know, yeah, definitely got into like the more of the star kind of thing um you excited by the time about this Ghostface com- and Raekwon? i was to say by the time hey, this comes out it would have been Ghostface Raekwon I don't March 20th you know I'm always anytime I can see Ghost and Ray it's a good thing so I'm, I'm not gonna complain at all but you know I don't I would rather Ghost and Ray have gone against two other people you know what I mean oh yeah um because I don't know I can't think of 10 Raekwon songs that 
do not have Ghostface on them. So mm. it's like incarcerated Scarface's knowledge god, and then I guess you know some of the later stuff. But you know what you want? Who plays Ice Cream? I guess that's right. That's Raekwon's song. Like you're gonna have to share. Yeah, it's weird. So it's that's more of a celebration. Than, now, are they going to invite Capadonna? Because he's on like I, half of those songs. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. It's a celebration. I look forward to uh, seeing yeah. it. But I, like I said, I, I, I'd, I'd like it to get back more into like the producers and the songwriters and that kind of bag. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll start having like undercards and mainstream yeah. kind of main events. And then they'll have like little undercards. You know, and I was thinking, like, there's some guys that have, like, a solid 10 songs. They may not have, like, 20. Yeah. And I'd like to see sure. some of those guys, like the 10-song guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. And you know Ghostface is high on my list of favorite MCs. I know. And, very. And Supreme Clientele, his sophomore album, is way at the top. Very, very, very. I have I- never seen Ghostface live. Isn't that crazy? I've seen Wu-Tang twice, and he was not there either fucking time. Mm, I've seen him solo in New York yeah, before. Yeah, see? I've seen him solo. I Somehow I got that one. I got that one on you. I don't have many, but I got that one on you. <laughs> That's a good one. I don't know how I've missed yeah, it. Yeah, that, that is a good one. I tried to get tickets when he played the uh, Chinese restaurant Han Dynasty in Old City in Philly a couple years ago, but oh, wow. it sold out quick. I bet it did. Yeah, you got like a meal with it and I think two drinks. And it was just like whoever could buy the tickets first in the this little restaurant in Philly. Didn't he, did he not do, um, speaking of Philly and um, what's the venue in Chinatown? Oh, it's right gone now. Race. It's the gone. old uh, burlesque theater, right? It, I guess it was a burlesque theater. Yeah. Yeah, the Trocadero. Trocadero. It's gone? Yep, it is gone. Oh, man. I believe, yeah. No, I'm pretty you're sure probably right. Um, I thought he, I, I, I remember wanting to see him there and not being able, was it Ghostface? I know Red and Meth came there and I, I missed that one too. I saw that one. That was when um my wife was eight and a half months pregnant. Get out. Yeah, what, we what? came- Stood in the back, but the cool thing about the Trocadero is it was an old theater, so it had like the the tiered seating almost. Yeah, yeah. The tiered floor, I guess. Everybody was standing. Yeah, I saw that one. It, yeah, it closed, I think, a year ago, year and a half ago. Okay, well, that, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, man. Yeah, no, no, no. So, yeah, I, I haven't seen, but I've never seen, Um, I think that's the only Wu member I've ever seen. Hmm. You've seen the group? No. No, really? I've okay. never seen them. Nope. Wow. Because when you see them, you typically don't see all of them. Well, <laughs> yeah, that part. But no, I've never seen them. I, we we were, I think the um, they were down here. And then I've, I think that show got canceled. Uh, they were see? coming. They were down here in Virginia. And then they were coming to um, uh, the casino there in Maryland. There's a venue out there. And we were. I think we wanted to do that, and then I think that got canceled, you know, last year. So, if they get back at it, that's hey. definitely on the bucket list. I think they'll definitely be back at it. Yeah, Stevie Wonder and Wu-Tang are on the yeah. bucket list. Wow, look at that. Yeah, I haven't seen Stevie. Mm. 
So I was looking, thinking about what music has gotten me through the quarantine. So I went back to the old Spotify top songs for 2020. Yeah. Because that, that's most of the year so far, at least, uh, the year in quarantine. Yeah. So look, looking back through, I see a lot of Kenny Beats. I uh-huh. got a few songs from the EP Kenny Beats did with... Denzel Curry. Right. And then I got a lot from the album Kenny Beats did with Rico Nasty. Cool. Cool. So if your 2020 was uh, Rico, not Rico Nasty, Kenny Beats. Kenny my, Beats? My, yeah. my 2020 was Alchemist. Ooh, yeah. I, so this is a white producer's celebration. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't realize... Uh, Alchemist, I guess I realized it once I seen that he was my number one artist. And I'm like, how is Alchemist my number one artist? But he's credited <laughs> on these collaboration albums. He produced everything. Right. So mm. he's credited as an artist. So I'm like, oh, snap. But yeah, so I've I've been everything Alchemist this, this year. Um, nice. From the uh, Alfredo project with Freddie Gibbs, yeah, obviously, um, which... Um, if anyone cares about this thing, um, maybe should win a Grammy. This, uh, well, this actually tonight, as we're recording tonight's the Grammys. That would be cool. That would be cool if um, Freddie took that home. Um, uh, actually, you know, it's not because uh, who else is nominated? Uh, Royce is nominated, which would be cool if Royce mm-hmm. won. Nas is um, nominated, which I think he's been nominated like a record. He's like Susan Lucci. Yeah, that's a um, daytime Emmy reference for anybody out there who's like, who the hell is Susan Lucci? That's Erica Kane from um, All My Children. Um, my mom, I watched soaps as a kid. My mom. <laughs> hey, same here. But we were more days of our lives. Oh, you guys. Yeah, we were Channel 7. So we yes. were like All My Children, One Life to Live, General Hospital. Okay. Um, Young and the Restless. I actually... Uh, and when my mom was at work and I was like real little, I would have to like report to her like what happened. Wow, like yeah. pre VCR era. It was just like, what happened? <laughs> like, well, if you so, missed it. It's gone. Back then. There's, there's no yeah, catching for it sure. later. For sure. For sure. So, uh, yeah, no, yeah. Nas has been nominated like 17 times and never won. So it'd be cool for Nas to get, one, but, um, I mean, who cares? Really, it's a pretty good list. Actually. Yeah, but that's a pretty good list. And then I think the uh, the D Smoke kid um, is nominated as well. Knowing yeah. the Grammys, he'll win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, good for him. And good for him, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of the Alfredo, um, you know, any of his stuff with uh, Griselda. Yeah. Uh. A lot of currency. Yeah, I got some Griselda on my list too, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I really, um, mostly the, uh, the, uh, what is it called? From a King to a God. That's Conway's album. Um, yeah, Rachel's like tired of hearing that. She's like, oh my God, you play that so much. I'm like, it just, <laughs> it just kind of gets there. I, I put on, um, you know, I put the title or Spotify and it just finds its way Pops there for up, some yeah. reason. Yeah. I also um got into um Ransom. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, and he hooked up with another white producer. 
um I think his name is Nicholas Craven. He's been working like exclusively with with Nicholas Craven and they put out like uh, like four projects or something last year. All like seven to eight songs, all like excellent. Really? I'm gonna have to check that out a little yeah. bit. I've heard yeah. a couple tracks that just pop up, but yeah. Yeah, and of course, um my new favorite stove god cooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Past couple months, especially this last month, I've been listening to a lot of the new JID stuff. He's leaked kind of single by single, or I guess he says these aren't even going to be on the new album. These are just mm. loose. Mm. Um, yeah, really good song with Denzel Curry. Heard that. I sent you that one. That's right. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, I like um, that. That was good. Yeah, another good one um, with IDK. Okay, yeah. I got to get into the IDK, kid. I've been hearing a lot of good things about him. Yeah, he's got stuff kind of all over the place, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I just haven't tapped in with him yet. It's pretty good. Cool. He supposedly has an Andre 3000 verse that he's sitting on. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it we plays shall. out. We yeah. shall. We shall. I imagine he's got it. I mean, well, that's, that's not something that's you want to That's nothing to play with. Yeah, yeah, you don't play with that. You, got you don't want to tease people with that. No. Nah. follow it. Exactly. Well, guess what we do know? It's yeah. going to be good. It's going to be Because right? I've- Never heard anything bad from that guy. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the verses are so few and far between at this yeah. point. You know he's putting his all into every one of those. Yeah, no, he's, uh, I don't know, this guy. He's something. He's an alien. Yeah. He was walking around Philly for like six months just playing yeah, flute. flute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, something else, something else. Oh, and well, you know, obviously, you know, I won't, I'd be lying if... I didn't mention all the R&B that I listened to, you know what I mean? Oh, so okay. There's it's the that. other side. Yeah, it's the other side. There's that. But uh, <laughs> it's it's weird. It's like super, super hard hip-hop and R&B. And R&B. Mine is uh, hip-hop and then a few choice punk bands. Cool. Uh, Lawrence Arms, always high on the list, usually the highest on the list. They put okay. out a good album last year. Cool. Um, and they've done some cool virtual shows. They did. They usually do this three-day war on Christmas in Chicago every year around Christmas. Nice. Sells out like three nights in a row at the Metro. And they did it online, uh, virtual this year. And it was still cool, even though the three band members live in three different cities. Fresh. <laughs> they still did it online and pulled it off. Fresh. Fresh. No, there's some, been real, some real innovative um, kind of live... Yeah, for sure. Streaming situations. And, I, you know, once, you know, it was really like kind of funky in the beginning and you could just see the technology like catching up yeah. on the fly. You know, I mean, where they're, they're creating all these plugins and different uh, interfaces where it's like, wait a minute, this sounds like, you know, like top pro streaming, you know, it's crazy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And they, you know what I mean? Well, you know, um, we had the guys from Ropadope. Mm-hmm. on the podcast and they talked about just how much money like those you know those big stores the sam ashes and guitar centers were like raking yeah. in with all the you know in-home studios and all of that that's true i mean i remember writing in a book back in 2009 that we were starting to see some long distance collaborations yeah like uh you know producer in europe working with the an mc of coming up in the u.s yeah never even met each other but they made an album together you too hey, you did that with gas lab right? i did i did argentina yeah yeah, yeah. Now still haven't still haven't met 
<laughs> and maybe you never will meet it is the way things are going, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. There's you don't know what travel and international travel is going to look like. Yeah, and there's a lot going on in Argentina too, from what I that hear. That is true, huh? Yeah, yeah. And here for, and here, yeah. <laughs> for lack about, of a better term. How about that? <laughs> yeah. How about I, that? But you never yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, Jim Jones, um, not the... Um, not from Guyana, but uh, he was uh, diplomats. Yes, from the diplomats. He's he he's got like a quarantine studio thing that he yeah. created, and um, that's been that's been going crazy. He's um, I know doing some things with that where it's just like you know three or four different individuals able to collab, you know, based on this technology or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. But uh, yeah, everybody's finding new innovative ways to get work done, man. I hear a lot of professors struggling with teaching remotely, but I, I've taught online classes for like 12 years now. Mm. And I mean, I, they claim that they can't get the level of work out of the students that they can in person. Maybe it's just that they haven't done it for very long, or maybe these professors just don't like it. Maybe they but, weren't, they weren't great in class. Yeah, maybe that's true. <laughs> um, I'm getting good stuff, you know, and I, I have pretty consistently when I teach online. Cool, um, cool. You know, students I've never met who have ended up by this point taking two or three classes with me remotely. Wow. Just doing great. Wow. You know, um, and doing a lot more on their own. Like, it's a lot more self-initiative, self-motivation. Because, I mean, I, I've heard a lot of professors complain about, you know, uh, it's just such a a chore for me to have to make sure everybody's camera is turned on. And I'm right. just thinking like, why the hell are you a 12 year old? Right. I mean, why drive yourself crazy? Why drive the students crazy? Do you really have to see these fucking kids? Yeah. College is, listen, you're paying for your education. Yeah. If you want to throw it away, sure. that's on you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, this is not, this is not the sixth grade. Like, if you don't want your camera on, you don't have to have your camera on. The same exactly. way I didn't necessarily always um, stay awake in my lecture hall, you know? <laughs> like, or show up every Or day. show up for that matter. Exactly. Uh, nobody's got time for that. Well, you know, I was some very strategic very... as a student about skipping classes. Yeah. You and know, I, when, would, yeah. I would scan that syllabus. I'd think, you know... I'm pretty sure she's going to do the review for the exam Thursday. So I bet I can, I bet I can skip Tuesday. Right. You know, not <laughs> miss anything too bad. Cause she's going right. to go over it again anyway. Yeah. It was, um, it was, yeah, it was, you know, and don't look over like the first or second day of like the, um, of class and see like one of my like friends, friends, yeah. And it's like, oh, wait, I can get notes. I'm good. <laughs> it's <laughs> I'm true. Straight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always said in class, like, uh, I would rather, if you don't want to be here, if you don't think you're getting anything out of the time in person in class, just don't come. Yeah. Don't be di- just don't be disruptive. <laughs> just and, sleep you know, that's late. Really... Like, I don't want to look over and see you playing a game on your phone. Yeah, I'd rather just yeah. look over and not see you. Yeah. Don't be a <laughs> distraction. Don't be disruptive. There's other kids in here or other um you know adults in here who you know value sure and you know let them be free and clear to learn and absorb and if you don't want to you know be just yeah sit out just stay home sleep you late know, right yeah you know, 
stay in your pajamas and I agree. Read the book. Be ready I, for the assignment. Right? I agree. I so, agree. I don't know patrolling to make sure everybody's got their camera on. That that seems so weird to me. It's so foreign to the way I would approach teaching at all. Yeah. And See, sp- don't drive yourself crazy out there. And spending the time on that is like oh, is that yeah. is that time well spent? Like, yeah. Telling yeah, I mean, eighteen and nineteen not- year olds. Hey, hey, put your camera on. I'm afraid you're glancing at something in your room. We need to make sure (laughs) everybody's eyes are directly forward. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a loss of control for those professors. Like, I imagine when they're in class, they're the only one who speaks. Right. Um, They want all eyes on them up at the front of the room. There's probably not a lot of discussion. Um, That's... It's just typically not the way I teach. I resort right. to it when, when all else fails and people just aren't learning, but I haven't had to do that a lot. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's a testament to you and your kids. Yeah. I mean, we, we got some good students. I definitely say it's a testament to them. <laughs> not all of them, but right. know, yeah, we got some solid people and, you know, Sometimes the ones that are doing the best work don't necessarily have the best grades, especially across the board, you know, Mm, maybe doing some amazing stuff in sociology classes, American studies classes, but like barely squeaking by in math and science. And I was kind of in the same boat. I'm about to say, raise my hand there. (laughs) That's how I ended up a journalism major. Yeah. Yeah. I think I started out thinking I was going to major in business, but real quick, no, (laughs) you know, the math was just, I couldn't even process what they wanted me to do. You know, that's crazy. I really couldn't imagine you being anything other than what you are, other than maybe like philosophy or something like that. See, I wanted to make money. Something, something, exactly. That's my (laughs) point. Something, something real, you know, humanity, humanities type stuff. Anthropology yeah. or something. I thought, know. like, what <laughs> what do people do to make money? I, business. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the business to make money. I should yeah. about business. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, if you're if you're talking at that age about doing anything in the arts, people are so discouraging. Oh well, you know, I know. Yeah. I <laughs> I would imagine so. <laughs> so, no, so what know. reactions did you get when you said, I think I'm gonna rap? I mean, you know, everything is about the plan B, the plan B guy. Mm, yeah. What about, what about, what are you going to fall back on? You know, what are you going to fall back on? Like, why would I want to fall back? <laughs> but, you know, in that time frame, you, you know, you bought that kind of talk. So it's like. Uh, it gets in your head for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You and then you wake up and it's 15 years in and it's like, yeah. I'm doing my plan B. Oh yeah. I never exactly got to my plan A. Yeah. And know. and you're still doing it though, right? I mean, you're still putting out albums. Yeah, well, yeah, I found well, I shoot, you know, in like 2006, 7ish, mm. I just was like I'm going after my plan A now, you know what yeah. I mean? So, I pretty much got my like 10 years of trying to give it a go. Yeah, and then kind of just now I found like that balance of like um you know I'm kind of doing the Plan B thing, but I'm still active and transitioning now with you know what we're doing and stuff into kind of like being part of the culture, not as a rapper, I guess you know what I mean. But so so that's that's you know that's still being developed, 
But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I we also didn't know that the entire way music was distributed and you know processed or consumed rather would change. So yeah. we got caught up in that multiple times too. <laughs> yeah, multiple times. So yeah, there's that. But uh, hey, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. We don't live with regrets. I mean, I got the same kind of reactions when I said I wanted to be a writer. Right. You know, like, and and so much of it was just such misinformed advice. Like, you know, random neighbors in small town Kentucky would speak as if they really knew the ins and outs of the publishing business. Mm-hmm. And I would just take it for granted that, wow, they must know something about it because they're speaking with such authority. So I mean, they would get in my head, I would think, this guy says that only like, you know, 5% of the people who try to write a book get it published. It's like he just pulled that statistic out of his ass. He doesn't. <laughs> some guy that works at the truck stop. You know, he doesn't that's, know anything about publishing. That's interesting because for me, I guess because, you know, rapper sounds so extreme, mm, people true. would be delighted when they found out I was a writer as well. I remember like Oh, so that was the fallback. Yeah, well, that was like, why don't you do that? If you don't want to really like work on your fallback, you you can do this. You don't have to rap. You know what I mean? Like you could totally just be like a writer. You don't have to rap. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I remember like dating one girl and she's like, uh, you know, she found out that I was like doing interviews and stuff like that. And she's like, oh man, that is so cool because I thought that you were you like trying to catch yourself. You thought I was just a rapper. Is oh, that what you were about see. to say? <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. So you had a legit job. Yeah, I had a legit mm. like yeah, skill. Look at that. <laughs> and not a not a pipe dream, I guess. Yeah, I mean a lot of what I do in class when I teach creative writing is I, I talk about that side and how you shouldn't let anybody talk you out of it. But then I also address like, you know, here is some actual research on like how books get published and Mm -hmm. especially how that system is really stacked against black writers and Latinx writers in the U S. Um, and then here's what, Maybe the new wave where we're starting to see that change somewhat. Here are the people who are driving that change. So I don't I don't want to make it sound like it's easy, you know, right. or that you're gonna step out your front door into success, no question. Right. But at the same time, I mean you gotta you gotta think about who's giving you this information, what's their motivation, what was their dream that they set aside to do whatever they're doing today. Well, and like, you know, and similar to music, it's like you know, there's always, you know, everybody's a New York Times bestseller, right? Yeah. Except that everybody is not a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> and no one's accounting for, like, how many books are published, either self-published or through the system, like, a year. And how many of those, like, you never hear of, exactly. you know? And so there's always that. Just the same as with the music. There's, like, so many, <laughs> you know, so much music being dropped every day and you know what the percentage of it that becomes what you think it's going to become is like so so small but i think sometimes we allow that to kind of you know like i know there was times for me like 
where I was so consumed with like the successful rapper thing. Like, how do I make make it, you know, quote unquote big while still being able to make the type of music I want to be like, how do I break through, you know? And sometimes that kind of threw me off. Not that I would make music trying to be that, but just my approach to just the whole culture in of itself. You know what I mean? It Mm -hmm. just became like a, a job, like I'm a rapper and now I have to figure out like how to, you know what I mean? And I know, yeah. Looking back at it, I'm like that had to have affected just what I, you know, moves I made or things that I would do or wouldn't do, you know what I mean, in the process. And so mm-hmm. that's really why I kind of did a hard stop cuz I was like cuz it wasn't it wasn't fun anymore, right? So it becomes not fun and I can imagine like the person who's like dealing with the publishing houses and the literary agents and the this and the that and the that and it's like you're ranking these things and you're making these changes to you know some of your work trying to get published and you're trying to get published because you need to you know what i mean and oh, for sure. as opposed to like the joy of writing like why you started writing in the first place yeah i mean i was telling my daughter who's 11 you know the the books i've done that made the most money were the least fun mm, how about that and the ones that were the most fun made nothing or actually cost me money. You know, mm-hmm. These were ones I put out myself, got out to people, pretty much gave them away for free. Yeah. It was really fun in the process. That's a big fact. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There's a way to do both. You know, there's a way to balance it out, I think. And the cool thing about a lot of the hip hop that was coming out when you and I were teenagers or in college, is it addressed a lot of this stuff right in the music? True. You know, rappers would tell stories about like what sucked about working with a label or getting ripped off by promoters or people trying to push them to do a certain style that they didn't want to do. And then they would tell you how they dealt with it right in the songs. Right in the songs. That is very true. Very true. And in that vein, I guess tying it back to, you know, this past year, mm-hmm. I, I think we were both coming into the year at a bit of a crossroads, maybe dealing with some of this stuff. I, I, I yeah. believe that you weren't writing as oh, yeah. much as previous. And I had kind of declared myself semi-retired. Mm-hmm. And I think that the quarantine has brought kind of us a little bit back to you know our 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 roots i guess uh, I, I, I know you've been writing oh yeah and i've been recording some <laughs> definitely more in the last year than i did in the previous year and so uh you know talk about that talk about i guess you know maybe the the the, the the silence or or just of the world kind of stopping and how that brought you back to kind of, you know, your, your, your first love, so to speak. Definitely. I mean, it was, it was good timing for me because I, I had gotten really frustrated with writing in a way that I really had not ever, mm. um, at least not to this point. So I intentionally took a year off and didn't write anything. You know, I did just a little bit of journaling, just kind of day-to-day stuff for my own view, right. uh, my own viewing. But 
yeah, I took a year off of actually trying to write, trying to produce anything consistent or anything that came together, really writing at all or even thinking about it. And then a couple months before the quarantine hit, I'd started back. You know, I came to the end of the year, felt kind of refreshed and excited, had a couple ideas and started to sit down and write a lot and enjoy it. And then, you know, heading into quarantine, I had plenty of time on my hands. Um, I had to rewire myself a little bit because I used to go out to a coffee shop and write right, first thing in right, the morning. Right. So I had to sh- shift over and do it all at home. Um, that only took like a week or so to get used to. That wasn't too bad. I got coffee at home. Um, <laughs> you know, and I don't have the distraction of somebody saying, hey, what are you working on? Um so it worked out. It was good timing, a lot of time on my hands, really got a lot of stuff done and was enjoying it. Um, and yeah, I think it, it kind of shifted my mentality too, because so much writing advice tells you that you got to write every day. Mm-hmm. And I'd sort of accepted that since I was probably 18 or so and heard that from writing professor. You know, if you really want to write, you got to sit down, devote a couple hours to it every single day. And then I realized if I could take a year off intentionally, you know, if I want to take a week off sometime, if I want to take six months off, it really doesn't matter. You know, I'm probably just going to come right back and feel better about writing, feel more energized about it. So I I never sweat it. Like if I have a a stretch where I'm not getting much done or where I just don't feel like doing much, um, I just don't think it's true in the end that you have to write every single day. And then it's probably was doing me a disservice. See, I think you can make that call because you already established yourself as someone who can write every day. My issue has been that my gaps don't end. Like I'll take, you know, I don't feel like writing and it'll stretch into like 10 months Ooh, every man. time, you know what I mean? And then I'll write something and then I'll go for another six months without writing. So I've got to establish that I could write every day, maybe for a little while and then take a, take a break or something like that. I don't know. Um, I've been struggling also with like my layout. Hmm. So, you know, I have like my um, kind of basement man cave slash recording studio slash home office you know and so it's like one end of the room is like my work setup and then you know when i turn over my shoulder it's like my music equipment and that's been tough to like have those in the same room i've never had that before where like i record where i like do the corporate thing Mm -hmm. and so you know, just trying to like, you get off of work at five and it's like, you turn around you look at your equipment and it's like, I'm not, I'm not recording, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, and just, you know, my, you know, I'm an, I'm like nocturnal. So all that stuff that, you know, you've heard and you, you know, you guys like from Trom Dick's catalog, all of that's recorded at like three in the morning four in the morning after I've like fallen asleep listening to a beat for an hour and then I get up sometime in the middle of the night and I just start rapping you know what I mean so it's like yeah yeah that's kind of how I how I've done it you know what I mean like I and so that's not conducive obviously to punching a clock um 
but even like you said, the same space, right? Right. And the mentality of being at work, which is the main reason I used to go to the coffee shop to write. To break it up. Yeah. Yeah. I did all kinds of teaching, you know, my little desk at home. And I mean, I certainly can't go to my office on campus and write because that's where I do work. That's where I do like teaching work. Right. So going somewhere different really is important for me. Yeah. Yeah. So the definitely, I mean, you know, we're, um, we definitely have a move coming in the next, I would say six months. So that's like definitely a part of, you know I mean? The process, like I have to be able to separate the work office from the creative space. Like I can't have them together and just done work. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of folks were trapped in apartments that came to feel a lot tinier than they had before quarantine. Yeah, I think about yeah. what would have happened, you know, had I not moved down here with um this lovely young lady. Um and I was in that two bedroom apartment in North Philly, I probably would have gone crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's even having like access to the outdoors a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, having just a little more space to move around. When you can't go out places, that means everything. I mean, it, yeah, there was a time where all, the only going outside was walking Frenchie every morning and doing yep. like my pull-ups in the little like trail, you know, in the comp, you know, I was, but you know, it's fresh, crisp air, grass, you know, like all the spoils of suburban life. Yeah. Even a pull-up bar. Apparently. <laughs> Even a pull-up bar, you know. <laughs> Does it have like the full-on exercise circuit? No. Like it's, the old parks? No, it's just like a little pull-up bar. It's got like a um a dip a dip situation and then there's a um a little sit-up station. But I don't really do the sit-up station cuz that's Oh kind yeah, of that, just, that's what I'm picturing. Yeah, it's got like the yeah, old school kind of equipment. Yeah, that's kind of a a, a bird a bird rest haven. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really do the, I do the sit-ups when I get back home, but the pull-up bar, um, nice. yeah, the pull-up bar and the dip bar, yeah, those are my staples, man, for much go. of the quarantine, yeah, until it got cold. Yeah, I wonder what era those things were installed in all the parks. That's a good question. Because, like, new parks don't have those, but... And a lot don't. It seems kind of like 70s, 80s-ish. Yeah, many don't, many no. don't. Probably an eighties eighties health kick. Yeah, some push for fitness, right? I think yeah. Reagan did a big. <laughs> push, right? I mean, Reagan. If you want to talk about somebody that could do pull ups, I heard even as an old old man, get out. Nah, I'm just fucking. With oh, you. okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was out in front of the White House every morning doing pull ups. Well, me, you know, I know he was a man's man. That's so, true. You know, right? <laughs> All the cowboy movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so I mean, I don't know, man. Wrapping it up, you know, uh, you know, people like to put ribbons on stuff. I guess, um, man, have we learned anything? Um, is there anything that coming out of this year we will carry, um, you know, on for the rest of our lives or whatever? What are the lessons or the jewels that we picked up? I mean, I have to admit, I'm a little scared to go back to whatever normal becomes. I've gotten pretty comfortable here at home. I dig it. I dig it. 
I dig it. I dig it. I'd like, I definitely really want to travel more if possible mm-hmm. when this opens back up. Um, I think that, uh, so when I'm here, I'm comfortable being here, mm. but I definitely want to travel more and see more of the world if that is possible. I think that, you know, I, mean, I think sitting down here is, that's one of the things that's like, oh man, I wish I had, if this is going to be what it is, I wish I had went to more places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is so a that's, good point. So I'm definitely... You know, if we get out of here, I'm definitely putting Africa on my like yeah. two, three year plan. Like I got to get over okay. there. Yeah. 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 That's I a mean, good goal. I like yeah. that. The other thing is just, yeah, I mean, you know, um, and we talked about this before, just, you know, the ability to kind of keep pace with technology and you yeah. know what I mean? And, and, and. You know, some a lot of us, you know, we fight it, and it's like, uh, you know, especially us um, middle-aged folks, like, ah, it's all this technology, but you know, it's definitely kept my butt employed, <laughs> being right. able yeah. to transition and to it, a, you know, a, a straight virtual. I mean, I was remote, you know, a year before, so mm-hmm. I was, I was, you know, I was in. I didn't really have any transition at the job, but that's the one thing, just kind of being definitely more proactive about keeping up with like what's going on from a technology standpoint and how to kind of, yeah, keep pace so that you don't get left behind. That's the scary thing about a lot of, about this virus, man. It exposed a lot of, you know, kind of, uh, weaknesses is a bad word, but it ex- yeah. you know what I mean. It's almost like it it was like made to take out like vulnerable people. Oh, absolutely. People who don't have internet access, people with pre existing mm-hmm. conditions, old people, people without good medical insurance, like all the vulnerable people. It like targeted, and it that's the kind of sick, sinister thing about it. And they sure didn't choose to be vulnerable. I've I mean, not at all. You think about these systems that put them in that place. And, correct. And what we can hopefully do to correct some of that. And 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 is and will there be a plan to do that, or will we just keep getting money? <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, I'm not going to turn I'll down the money. Take the check. Yes. Sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. As far as like going out just on like a selfish personal level, like I, I had really made an effort and probably about the year before quarantine to get out, be more social, yeah. not turn down invitations. Like if somebody invited me over for a little cookout or something, I wouldn't think like, man, I can probably get out of that. Yeah, you know, There'll be yeah. plenty of other people there. I can probably skip this one. Yeah. So I'd made an effort to be more social and had enjoyed it. But then I, when we came to quarantine, I think I've also learned to be okay with not going out. Yeah. So if I don't want to, I don't need to feel any particular pressure to go out. Um, you know, not being able to go out has in ways been kind of a relief sometimes. No, very much. True. And, you know, from a mushy standpoint, I mean, you know, you have a um, partner and um, I have a partner. 
uh, we have pretty much pretty much the same setup, right? Got got, a got, kid in the house, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, I really because if you asked me, you know, say five years ago, would I be able to ride this out with another woman? I I'd be like, no, yeah. no way. I'm no way you can keep me in the house for a year with a, with a chick, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not gonna like go crazy, but <laughs> but you know. And, and you know, it's never, it's never going to be perfect. So, you know, that's not, that's a real good sign. Yeah, though, it's huh? not trick anybody that it's perfect, but sure. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's taught a lot. And I think that another person, you know what I mean? If I wasn't her, I don't know that, you know, it would have been this easy, but you know what I mean? We're, it's, it's good to get along with the person you're going to be stuck yeah. with. Imagine all those people that split up and moved out during this whole mess. Yeah, a few have. Yeah. A few have. Definitely. A few have. Yeah, and probably are are moving back in right about now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) It just it wasn't any fun out there. I need to come home. Listen, I I you know, I don't know. Yeah, dating dating in this it, it had to have been, you know, a task, I'm sure. Yeah, I especially mean, if you're trying to be careful now. You know, some of us out here are just reckless and don't care. But um, those of us who are trying to be careful, dating had to have been, you know, pretty difficult. I've read a few student pieces. Like when I when I taught creative nonfiction, I got some ruminations on on dating during a pandemic. Nice. It doesn't sound fun. You no. know, it sounds pretty. Listen, miserable. I was single. You know. Up until 2018, and it wasn't fun then. (laughs) I didn't, especially like, again, not being like 20 anymore and, you know, just being, you know, the apps and all that stuff just being natural to me. It's like, I think I had Tinder for like two days. It's like, I can't, what am I doing here? And I'm just swiping left. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, I can imagine it being crazy, man. But you know, we got we got through it, man. It looks like we're there is some light. Let's hope so. It, let's it's hope looking so. good today. Yeah, uh, let's hope so. We got let's spring hope. break on the horizon, and uh, let's hope it still looks good after. That. I agree, and let's hope no um, third or fourth strains come knocking. And yeah, or we get boosters <laughs> for them pretty quick if they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you think? You think we're gonna? You think they're gonna make us do this yearly now, right? You think it's gonna be like the flu oh, shot? I, I think it has to be if if it wants to succeed. It looks so. Yeah, and I'm good with it looks that. So. It looks. Yeah, so. I mean, if you're worried about them tracking you, they already well, know. I mean, we're being tracked. <laughs> yeah. There's no question. They about know everything that. you watch, everything you listen to. Um, yeah, they're getting a little aggressive with the flu yeah. shot, man. I went. I went to the. Uh, I had a, check up the other day and it was like don't you want the flu shot i'm like no i'm, I'm cool yeah <laughs> and it came back like five minutes later like so you're taking a flu shot right i'm like mm, oh. no I'm, I'm i'm i've never had one I, i'm i'm gonna thug it out <laughs> <laughs> so, so they just tried to know. pretend they didn't hear you the first time right yeah so i guess that that's gonna be the new thing you know i now will they yeah. give me both or will it just be like i oh, you, you need to ruin a shot like yeah. <laughs> so i don't know we'll see <laughs> but um you know you know here's the herd immunity man that's it let's get there yeah, and, you know. Hopefully, we can record in person again one day. That's 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 what I'm looking forward to, man. I miss you guys, fun, yeah. man. 
Definitely. Yeah, yeah. there she goes. We're going to have to, like, knock a case down on that one, man. Yeah, we'll have to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Actually see each other face to face. Yeah, that'll be a fun, that'll be a fun episode. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, let's man. look forward to that. And uh, that that was our year in quarantine. Continue. Year in quarantine. Continue. We're going to reflect on it because we feel like we can see this time ending. Yeah, exactly. Happy days are here again. We're on the horizon. Yep. So, signing off, this was a, a guest in the house. I'm Mickey Hess. I am Trom Diggs, a.k.a. David Shanks, David Shanks, a.k.a. Trom Diggs. Peace and love. See you next time. See you next time. Trummer the block, bro. Yeah, my brook knob style speak for itself. Trummer the block, bro. Uh. Yeah.